Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yo, what's up, everyone? My name is Andre, and this is the Tennis and Bagels podcast, the podcast about essentially everything tennis. And today's a special moment for me because uh, this is the first time that I actually get to have somebody else with me in this call and uh, yeah no he's not by my side he's in his house and I'm in my house um, but yeah this is a, um, a big friend of mine that uh, I used to play with before he moved away and before COVID-19 prevented us from uh, actually doing anything together but yeah, he's here today and I'm going to just be having a little chat with him about essentially recreational tennis and amateur tennis, amateur tennis in general. So um, without further ado, he is Frédéric Desumi, uh, in French, Frédéric Desumi. And this uh, interview, Fred, is going to be entirely in English. So if you can <laughs> speak in English 100% of the time, that'd be great. Um, um, so yeah, for guys, for, for those who don't know, Fred is... Uh, um, fully bilingual. He's um, born and raised in Montreal area. And um, yeah. What's up, Fred? Hello, Andre. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. So can you just tell us, my audience of eight, um, <laughs> a little bit about yourself and yeah, like where are you from? Essentially, I already said that, but like, what are you doing right now, you know, in, in life? Just so that we get an, a picture that you're not like somebody that is like, oh yeah, I'm like a freaking journalist and I write for like a local about like uh, small tournaments and whatnot. Like you, you, you do nothing uh, professionally about tennis, right? Nothing tennis related. No, I'm an everyday yeah. guy. Uh, I grew up in Quebec on the South Shore. I, I'm an engineer by trade. So my full time job is being an electrical engineer. And I like it a lot. I work in Brampton, Ontario, in the space industry, something I'm really passionate about. And mm. uh, I play tennis on the weekends when I can. <laughs> yeah. I started playing tennis maybe six years ago, and I've been playing it rec rec recreationally since then. Cool. Um, so, yeah, like since you, since you said like you've, you started playing six years ago, right? So what yeah. made you start like playing I always liked racket sports. Um, I liked ping pong a lot as a kid. Mm. I used to play in high school, at, at, you know, during lunch. I was one of those kids that played ping pong. Um, and when I got older, I decided to buy a racket. And me and my friend went to the park and we just tried to play tennis. I was always kind of intrigued by it. It looked something. It looked like something that was going to be fun. And I mm. uh, stuck, stuck with it. I liked it a lot. And uh, it became a, a hobby of mine. Yeah. Was this uh, racket that you bought the one that I broke? <laughs> Yes, it is actually the orange <laughs> one. Yeah, 
Yeah. There's like a, a fun, fun story. Like uh, when you and I were playing, um, one of the first times that we actually went out playing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I think both of my rackets had, um, I had like, I have four rackets right now, but at the time I had like, what, two? Yeah, and two, both yeah. of them had, yeah, both of them had the uh, broken strings. Yeah. And Fred had two rackets, and I borrowed one from him. And by the end of that uh, that day, the racket was kind of like um, twisted to the side. It was like a, it wasn't in, it was not in the format that a racket should be. <laughs> yeah, they were both from Walmart. If you feel bad or in the audience, <laughs> yeah. don't. I thought it was Canadian Tire, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, good moments and. Uh, since since we added like uh, I had this question a little bit further down, but like uh, now that we're talking about fun fun moments and fun memories, I had I have a few of uh, uh funny memories uh from playing with you. Do you have any fun memories about playing maybe with me or somebody else that like something something happened or whatever? In tennis, oh, yeah, like when you're playing or I don't know. I just I just remember the. I guess we might we might get more into that a little bit later, but I just remember the first summers that I played tennis being so bad, and it's it's not it's the, the funny thing is it's not a fun memory. I hated it. It's <laughs> playing tennis when you're bad at it is so it, it it's not fun. But I, I just the, thinking about myself kind of back then is a is a fun memory. How mm-hmm. how how much I've I've come, uh, but I do remember one time. So I, in Brampton, I played in a tennis club. And this one time, mm. me and this guy had a really long rally. I didn't think anything of it. But then I turned around. This guy looked at me like with a, you know, not bad face. <laughs> and I remember the the joy that I felt from external <laughs> validation from a natural good tennis player. Wow. I'll never forget that. It was great. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what I did. But it, it was good enough for this guy to go, oh, not bad. <laughs> well, um, it's, uh, it's good to know that you never felt that with me when I, when I gave you my, uh, my thumbs ups. <laughs> Sorry, Andre. <laughs> I guess I'm not good enough for you. <laughs> you needed somebody better. Like a stranger. Nothing better yeah. than validation from a stranger. Yeah, that's, that's kind of true, actually. That's why I'm doing this podcast thing, you know. <laughs> no, not true, not true. Yeah. I I have... Um, since you, you mentioned that, like, uh, your first member, like, when you first went out playing tennis, I... um. I, it wasn't in my plans, but I actually forgot to tell this in my latest episode where I explained my my story a little bit with tennis. And there was a fun fact that I completely forgot to mention is that the first time ever that I went to uh, the tennis, like a tennis academy. So I obviously didn't have anything. I didn't have uh, a racket. I was just like wearing running shoes because it's like that day where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, just pick up a racket and like see whether you like it or not. And like I... So, like, it, there is, like, this moment where the, the teacher kind of, like, tells you, like, the actual movement that you should do and, um, and like, how you should kind of, like, move to the ball and whatever. But, like, and he sent a shot to, like, he sent just kind of, like, a, he fed a ball to my forehand. And um, I obviously had zero footwork at that time. But, like, the ball, like, came straight, like, into my body. And I kind of panicked. I didn't know what to do. And <laughs> next thing I know, I'm just kind of like swinging the racket into the ball, but the ball is like in front of me. So I just, I essentially just like went, the, the racket just like went straight into my face. <laughs> and it was like, I hit Aww. my nose. The first ever time that I, the first ever time that I ever tried to hit a tennis ball. That was your first it, ever it hit, tennis swing? Yeah. My first ever uh, <laughs> swing of a racket was in, was in my nose. 
<laughs> well, that's uh, some uh, persevering stories right there. <laughs> yeah. So you've so, also come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, two things that... that um, from from playing with you, I remember two really funny things. That one of the times is like when uh, uh, we were f- uh, first starting to play, um, and I taught Fred a bunch of uh, my techniques and stuff. I was kind mm-hmm. of like uh, um, quote unquote co- coaching him in a way, <laughs> like. Uh, but you, you never really wanted to do the the runs around the court, right? So um, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> So yeah, like if you, if you, if you paid me, maybe you'd have a little bit more. Uh, you wanted to get a bit more out of it, but like since it was free, <laughs> yeah. So one of those first times, what happens is that, like uh, you asked me to to do a serve on you, like a first serve, and uh, I'm I'm kind of like a short guy. I'm like one seventy seven. So my serves, it's kind of like a sixty percent on a good day uh, of first serves in. But that one time, I I kind of like nailed the serve. I don't know if you remember that time, Fred, but like uh, I knocked the the racket out of your hand because I you tried to, I try to suppress. Um, actually, <laughs> more than uh, your first day at tennis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but it, that moment was just funny because I first of all I never expect that to happen ever, like in my entire life. I thought it was kind of like an anime type of thing. <laughs> and uh, second is because like. I just kind of like I, I I know my service is not that hard, but I just kind of like put on the attitude. It's like you know, you just kind of like you have to catch catch up with me at this point, you know. <laughs> yeah, and the other one time was like there was this point that we were playing. This time you were already much better, and you got way better in uh, volleying as well. And your forehand was actually actually like evolved a lot, like through the the years that we've played together. Like what two years that we played together? I think so. Yeah, two years. Yeah, so the one time we were playing a point and I went into the net and just kind of like do a drop volley and then you came to the net and you try to pass me and I reach out and I do a volley. But like when I look up to you, you're just kind of like celebrating the point that you didn't win. I remember that. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it the sounds re- like me too. Something I would do. Yeah. And you're just like, what? How, how did you get that back? <laughs> Yeah, that's because I do the runs around the court. Good <laughs> answer. Yeah. yeah. So, um, why do you feel like you you enjoy the port this port since the first time was so bad? Ah, uh, I I don't know. I guess. Well, I do really like individual sports. I'm not a big team sports guy. It's mm-hmm. just I I don't really like the pressure of having to you know either carry other people or other people having to carry me. Mm-hmm. So I do like the aspect of tennis where you get in the zone and you're in your own you're in your own head a lot, yeah. and really having to focus and do your shots right. And yeah. I also like that ten- tennis is a very technical sport. Um, I appreciate I can I think I can appreciate it more than I can play it, but I can mm-hmm. appreciate a really nice forehand. I can appreciate a really nice volley, and mm-hmm. look at all the things that go into it. Yeah, it's kind of pretty much it for me. Like I really like the feeling when I. When I hit a forehand winner, like I don't know, I just like when it, the ball just goes straight out from your racket, it just kind of feels feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you you also said like um, you're like me in a sense, like we were just I just really like uh, racket sports. We actually played a bunch of them together. We played um, ping pong and uh, 
and squash a few times together. And by the way, yes. in squash, you got so good. <laughs> I remember one time you, you just t completely destroyed me. I was just running around the court and I just could not, um, I just couldn't get to the ball. You're just so good. <laughs> yeah. I like playing so, squash with you a lot because it's an actual sport where there was actual competition, both squash and ping pong. You know, tennis, yeah. we're in two different leagues, but in squash and ping pong, we got really good games uh, in both of the, those sports. It's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah ping pong was like I feel like it's like one of the sports that we actually get the most competitive especially because we're we're not fit at this point in, in life so it's kind of like <laughs> we have to run we have to run less so we can play more games <laughs> I love the honesty but yes yeah. that's 100% correct So how do you feel like they compare like in in tennis and squash and I don't know if you've played badminton before in high school but I never really liked it mm. um but if I were to compare tennis ping pong and squash I would think, I don't know if that's correct, but I, I would think that tennis is a little bit more technical than the other two ones. I feel mm. like, I personally feel like it's easier to pick up ping pong and squash. I remember, you know, the first times I played squash, it was really fun, you know, off the bat. I mm. remember picking up a racket at the rental thing, going to play, buying a ball for the first time and just hitting it and having a blast with my friends. Mm -hmm. uh, but like I said, that first summer of, tennis, of playing tennis, <laughs> the ball would go everywhere. Yeah, uh, you probably have this feeling if it. you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if you remember when you when you started playing tennis, you had you remember this feeling of having to go in somebody else's court to get your ball and being like, "Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry," <laughs> or having to go outside the fence to get your ball oh, and having yeah. to run back. Um, I find I found tennis really hard at first, but squash is a lot a bit easier for me to pick up. True. Yeah, it feels like those sports are f far more friendlier, like in terms yes. of just kind of like. You can be pretty bad and still like have some good rallies and good competitive fun. Yeah. Whereas in tennis, like in tennis, I feel like you can beat yourself up way quicker than in those sports. Like you can easily shoot a ball out or into the net, and like all of a oh, sudden yeah. it's like this is this is not fun anymore. I'm just kind of like trying my best. It's like, yeah. Yeah. No. Agreed. It's. I think it's easier to give up on tennis than the other other two sports. Yeah. Actually. And then so ping I, pong. So I, ping mm -hmm. pong's great, but. And it's a sport, but if I want a good cardio workout, I'm not going to play ping pong. It's a That's great true. thing to do, you know, at the cottage or in a basement somewhere. It can get really mm -hmm. competitive. I think I play at a level where I actually, you know, I can get a good sweat out of it, but I think the average person won't sweat while they're playing ping pong. That's probably true. <laughs> I mean, it, unless you play like for an entire day, like it probably would be hard to like actually get too tired from playing ping pong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah agreed. Also, I'm pretty sure that like ping pong fans are now like ripping their hearts out because we're saying ping pong instead of table tennis. I know. I'm sorry. Table tennis. Yeah. Table tennis. <laughs> table tennis. Table tennis. Like, some, let's let's put some respect here. <laughs> table tennis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, because you, you're an amateur player, and like obviously, like we're we're in completely different paths, like in the tennis like uh, world and whatnot. And I actually really like that about tennis is that like. You can appreciate it and you can enjoy it even without kind of like trying to do some much more about it. Like, mm -hmm. um, but like, I really love like staying up for like those six hours matches and like I follow the rankings and stuff like that. And at some point, I'm pretty sure I knew all the all top 50 players, but at this Whoa. point, I forgot. Yeah. But how do you how do you consume tennis? Like as a person that is mostly concerned as with the recreational and fun aspect of it. 
So it's funny. I'm. Uh, this is a pretty unpopular opinion, but I hate watching sports. <laughs> <laughs> I don't enjoy watching sports, and that's just me. I know it's. Uh, it's not like most people. So I actually knew a guy that was um, the one of the the coaches for um, the Royal of Montreal, the Ultimate Frisbee team. Uh huh. He said he never watched sports because he only liked playing them. <laughs> Wow, okay. Yeah. I need to meet that guy because that's, that's yeah. me to a T. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't really enjoy watching, especially, I, I think there's a couple of things. I just, I don't enjoy sitting down for too long. I'm a really energetic guy. So I enjoy, you know, going out and actually mm. doing things and moving. Mm. Um, and my attention span is not the best. So for me, staying focused for, you know, a Grand Slam game could be like five hours, right? Five plus hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not my favorite thing to just sit down and watch two people do something I would want to be doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I really do enjoy playing tennis. I love playing tennis. So um, I consume to, you know, a moderate amount. I would say I watch highlights. Uh, I do follow kind of the the ATP circuit a little bit. You know, I try to know who's in the top 10 right now. Trying to know who's hot, who's won the lightest grand slams. Um, mm. I have slowed down in the past months. Uh, even before COVID, just because of work and life and stuff. But mm -hmm. I do enjoy watching, you know, a nice highlight run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. Actually, I... um, And you also love to... uh, Like, we we send each other, like, lots of uh, good shots and stuff like that, right? Like, yes. on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I, I follow, yeah. you know, ATP and um, some other tennis pages on Facebook and Instagram. And I love to see, you know, the... The crazy Kyrgios shot or the crazy Tsitsipas shot. Yeah. Yeah, I really love those. Actually, if now now if I go on my page on um, on Facebook on my phone, like if I turn off to video, I think it's 90, 98% is just like hot shots from tennis. And <laughs> yes. some of them are actually the funny ones. Like, you know, like when you do a... Um, some of them are just kind of like complete fails and it's it's kind of hilarious too because yes. it really it really shows like oh yeah i can do that too <laughs> yeah yeah some of them are so funny when there's shoe breaks you know when when does a professional athlete oh, yeah. shoe ever break I, when does happens. a shoe ever break that's kind of <laughs> right? hilarious yeah it's like honestly like my shoes have holes in them but like they never really broke down <laughs> yeah same i've had like yeah. really shoes in really bad shape but they never broke yeah Like I, uh, there was a in the um, ATP Cup this this year. Like they just, I don't know if you followed that at all. It's like the um, like world tour for tennis, but it's it's complicated. You can watch my episode later if you want to. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> yeah, it was like the first or second episode that I did. So, um, they Titsipas actually, uh, he his laces broke, and laces? it was kind of like his laces, his shoelaces broke. It's like how how does how do shoelaces break? interesting no it's, I, i mean as rare as it is the only ones i saw was the sole breaking but the laces that's really funny yeah and it, did you know actually that if you you you're supposed to have your own stuff on the on court with you right so if you don't have enough stuff um you can be disqualified <laughs> so if you if you break all your records you're gone <laughs> wow really yeah it, yeah it, there is no there's no way back from this so you gotta be careful with your equipment when you're on on court jeez Yeah. And yeah, I was actually I mentioned that like in one of my um one of my podcasts about like um following highlights and consuming tennis in that way because like honestly this is how, this is actually the way most of us people who are not journalists and like traveling or the world for stories 
that's the majority that's essentially the way that we actually consume tennis i guess is by just going online and just kind of like watching quick highlights for like 10 right. minutes and yeah yeah and it's so frustrating like when i go on youtube i don't know if you follow on youtube but the um quality of the video is so low it's kind of are you kidding me it's kind of like you, you guys like um like doing like 4k live video and you don't have like an as like a sensible quality video for your audience on youtube it's kind of i don't, I don't understand i've never that. noticed that yeah and you're saying youtube as compared to like facebook or as compared to tv i think as compared to facebook mostly because facebook i'm mostly watching on my on my phone whereas okay. like uh, on youtube i'm mostly on my desktop i see yeah so like i can actually see like how pixelated it is like it's kind of it doesn't make that much sense for me. And the ATP actually doesn't upload that many uh, highlights and stuff. Like the ATP is actually, uh, not the ATP, the WTA is far more advanced in terms of uh, their um, content on on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe right now it's, they're kind of catching up because they have the time to. And right. if they don't do anything <laughs> on social media, they have nothing to show. So, yeah. So... Um, do you care at all about stats and records? Uh, do you mean about myself or for professionals? For professionals. So like say Federer, like uh, whether he is like the greatest of all time or like who's going to end up their career with the most Grand Slams or match uh, record. I definitely care to a certain extent. Um, I think for tennis conversation, you always want to bring up the highlights. That's I would say mm -hmm. that's most of what makes a player great. But then for my personal enjoyment of tennis, not at all. I like different players mm. for different reasons. And, you know, the obvious example that comes to mind is Gael Monfils. Um, mm. Very talented player. I think everybody can agree. He's really good player. One of the best that's still playing right now. But True. I don't think he's won a Grand Slam, right? <clears throat> no, I think he got as far as a semifinal. Which right. is actually pretty impressive for how, like, how his mental game isn't that, isn't that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But honestly, like, though, like... Monfils is the type of guy that, like, um, when I watch him, I, I, I am surprised that he's not, like, constantly top three and, like, challenging the big guys. Because that guy has game, man. Like, right. he, has, he, he has every single shot on the book. Shots that he invented. And he's athletic as heck. Like, I was going to say, the athleticism is, is crazy. It's off the charts. Yeah. It's really impressive his, to watch. He, yeah. He runs balls that are kind of, like, how on earth can you do that and his his flexibility is also really intense by the way mm -hmm. yeah yeah like so, his speed his flexibility yeah. and his footwork i i think those are the things true that I yeah love from Gavin i like this. yeah i think not necessarily very underrated but i really love his forehand i think it's underrated in the grand scheme of things in terms of like comparing to nadal or federer right like, i feel like monfis's forehand is actually one of the best on tour because mm -hmm. he he hits he hits that shot so flat, and sometimes he can put up so much spin. Yeah, I think he, he's capable of so much, and I th I would say he has more. He has a better forehand than Djokovic, honestly. Like, I think so. I think so. Yeah, because I find Djokovic kind of gets a little too tense on his forehands. So like he, he tends to spin it way too much, whereas like I feel like Mafis like plays it super freely. I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Wait. So, how do you feel about stats and and numbers for a tennis player? I, I'm kind of, like, crazy about it. I um, Obviously, like, right now, I don't have that much time. But, like, before, like, say, when I was in, in Seja or in the beginning of university, like, I had a lot more free time, I guess, in my mm -hmm. hands. 
So I would just kind of like go on and like read player stats and like compare it like percentages and head to heads. And I would even like look at like like deeper down, like um on a game or on a serve or the surfaces that they've played and stuff like that. So I I'm actually really interested in looking at stats and kind of like comparing those in, in that way. But the more I look into stats, the more like I figured that just kind of like you can only compare a player to himself. Right. Because yeah. it's kind of like I mean, there's obviously like some players that win more and like they prove to be better in a lot of ways. But like if you're looking at legends of tennis, the there's no way you can compare um, Nadal and Federer, for example, because they've accomplished so many different things and they're so outstanding in so many different ways. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah. It's I like stats, but I most just kind of like following just kind of like how grand or how impressive something is to do like for example nadal winning 12 rolling arrows tournaments is is a pretty impressive feat (laughs) it is yeah (laughs) i remember like actually when uh when he broke the six um titles record from uh bjorn borg uh bjorn borg is a player from the 80s i don't know if you know him yeah i know bjorn borg oh cool so um so he he had the first the previous record was his like he had six six titles in rolling arrows and now six seems so little (laughs) it does how many does yeah. Federer have, Ronald Harris? Do you know? Uh, he has one. Really? Yeah, because he faced Nadal like four times in the final. That makes sense. So, yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for Nadal, he would have had like far more Grand Slams. But uh, same, like, same goes for Nadal. If it wasn't for Federer, he would have a couple more. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Djokovic, Federer yeah. would have like 30 titles at this point. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, um, since, since we added, like, who's your favorite player? Oh, man. Uh, favorite player is definitely Roger Federer. Mm. Gotta go with RF. I think I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love Roger Federer. Um, learning tennis, he was really my inspiration for a lot of my shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, love, love his form. Watching Roger Federer like, do like a slow-mo, you know, watching a slow-mo of his forehand is i think it's i could do that for a pretty long time you know i said i didn't have yeah. a long attention span but i'll I'll have some attention for federer's forehand His that's crazy it's just unparalleled to me yeah honestly i feel like federer is kind of like the prettiest to watch like in the sense like his his, his he makes it look so easy and so fluid that's a really good word prettiest yeah uh, 100% yeah, agree. yeah yeah it's like the, it's uh it's the one player from because I've watched Nadal, Djokovic, and Murray playing, and but I've never seen Roger Federer alive. Oh, and that's okay. kind of like, and I'm getting like every every year that passes, I can get more scared that I'm never gonna because he's 38 now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, is he gonna retire? Is he 38 now? <laughs> he's 38 now. Yeah. Wow. Last and time I he's checked so impressively his age, he's 35. <laughs> Three years yeah, ago. Wow. <laughs> 38. Yeah. I wish he was 35 because if he were 35, maybe I'd have more chances more chance, to see him. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm hoping I'm gonna be able to watch him. Um, maybe, maybe next year mm-hmm. if he comes to Montreal. Hopefully, he comes to Montreal because I'm not gonna be able to descend to go to the U.S. just to watch him play, man. It's yeah, like, no. Yeah, so that'll be really sad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's kind of like one of my goals is to watch him live. But yeah. So you you said you essentially just kind of like Roger Federer because because he's essentially the coolest to watch in a sense, right? 
Yeah, no, I really, I don't know what about it. I think, I think you said it right when you said that he makes it look, makes it, makes it looks easy. Um, mm. It's actually one of the things that was kind of frustrating when I was learning tennis is, so I never had a coach or I never took a lesson. So what I would do is I would mm. watch slow-mo shots of Roger Federer. And that's essentially how I learned to play. Um, so, mm. I would, you know, on repeat, watch his forehand, study it, and then go to the court and play with you or play with other friends and try and copy it. But I couldn't get it. And it, it yeah. looks so easy when he did it. And his, you know, his motion is fairly simple, right? It's not like Nadal seems to have like 30-step forehand. Um, yeah. Roger Federer, you know, holds up the racket, puts it down at the, you know, people say like put it on the table and then hits it, yeah. swings, and then that's it. It's a very simple motion, but it's it's really sure. hard to master. It's that muscle memory that's hard to acquire. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that I've kind of like come across like when I'm in my experience is just, I can master all the movement, like all I want, but like as soon as the the ball is coming and when I hit the ball is a completely different feel. It's kind of, it just kind of feels like you're just kind of like pushing the ball to the other side. I just, I just don't know exactly what I'm doing anymore. Like as soon as the ball hits the racket, like it hits the fan, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I, I can definitely speak to that. And yeah. <laughs> I think um, it's easy to emulate and to, how do you say, recreate like in slow motion the shot, right? Because you can actually yeah. think about every step. But when it comes yeah. to being on the court and you have to rely purely on muscle memory, that's a whole other business. That's how you know he practiced the shot thousands and thousands of times to get it right without having to think about it. True. So um, you said you, you also said you don't have a coach and I haven't had a coach in, in a while too. But um, are you ever interested in like actually taking lessons, like whether it's private or in group? Um, what do you um, think about this? Yeah, I think I think there's always something to learn. I, I mean, I'm nowhere near a, what I would call a good tennis player. So I think hmm. in my case specifically, there's always something to learn. But even if I were better, I think there's always something to perfect. I love I love playing with people that are better than me because they usually, hmm. you know, give a lot of unsolicited advice, which is <laughs> sometimes annoying, but most times it's appreciated. And um, I think there's a lot of things I could work on. My backhand is still not really where I would want it to be. And my serve mm. isn't. So there's there's specific things I could think of, of where coaching would be Yeah. Could be very really useful. Yeah. Actually I think the serve is one of the most um key parts of like having a coach like really helps. Yeah. From yeah. Because I I guess like when you're when you're in the heat of the game, like um almost anything goes. whereas like in the sense like when you when you're serving, you really have to start your motion right. Like is the only time in the game that you actually have 100 of the time to do this perfectly oh i agree i think um i think other shots are i don't want to say easier but well yeah no i guess i would say easier to learn without a coach you know by just seeing watching emulating you can learn how to do a volley learn how to do a forehand a backhand but when it comes to serve your timing it's it's timing is so how do you say it's it's so specific. You have to get a really specific mm. timing that it's it's hard to just do by by emulating. You'd have to have somebody tell you exactly what the steps are and where you're messing True. up. Yeah, I I actually once the only time I actually try to watch some uh, YouTube videos about um, serving, and the one that I never could get right was the second serve. Like that mm-hmm. one's for me is like a, it's it's a mystery. I have no idea how to, <laughs> how to pull that off. Still to this I, day, I can't. Sorry? Still to this day? Man, yeah. Like, I mean, I can try to... I can sort of bend the ball a little bit so that it goes on the court, but mm-hmm. it's, 
it's so slow it just kind of feels like just like attack me you know what i mean it, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's really bad like and the pros are just kind of like to just kind of like um unleash their, their arms kind of feels like an elastic like a like a slingshot or whatever mm-hmm. and the boat just kind of like bends in the air just kind of like goes down and it just kicks out and it's so strong it's like um they say they can serve uh second serves like um conservative second serves at about like 160 170 miles per hour jeez yeah and that's like li- not miles per hour like kilometers per hour yes. like miles per hour that would be ridiculous like a uh, kilometers per hour and honestly like i feel like the fastest serve that i've ever measured for me was like one 160 first serve mm-hmm. but it's kind of i have no idea how to even get any more power on my second serve like it's, yeah but still it's really fast to me even for a first serve so i'm impressed by the first yeah. serve <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it it's pretty effective in the recreational uh, uh, level. Mm-hmm. But as I said, I'm too short, so I'm considered a bad server just by my stature. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, exactly. Like uh, there are some players that you if you actually look up like um if you if you watch some matches like for example from David Ferrer mm-hmm. and say Andy Murray or Djokovic, um, Ferrer is kind of looks looks short, right? But yeah. he's He's a little bit taller than I am. He's like 180s, like 180, 181. Mhm. And Djokovic and Murray they're all like 190, 94. So they they tend to be pretty tall and for for like an average like I guess person but yeah. Wait, but Djokovic that's kind is of 194? Like he's like 192, I believe. Oh, wow. He's at least 189. Like he's not shorter than that. Okay. Yeah. So do you do you feel like because I um, when we were talking like you said like you maybe wanted to like um, draft some questions as well? Do you have anything else that you that you wanted to ask me or something? Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's um, yeah. So, what do you think would be the best way for somebody to learn tennis from scratch? Do you think it has to be through a coach? Do you think you can do it alone? Uh, what do you mm, think is the a- ideal method for somebody? You know, twenty four still has a lot of energy, wants to pick up tennis. Yeah, I mean. It's it's kind of like two case, right? Like it, it depends on um so suppose you have money. If you have money, go for the coach. Like I mean, it's probably the best way to like actually learn it. Um you, you you're going to advance far more in your game and he's going to help you like to um actually um enjoy the game and 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 you're going to do some drills and stuff like that and by and by the end of the day you're going to feel like you did some progress. Agreed. Drill. That's something like, we haven't talked about. But yeah, drills are key. Yeah, drills are amazing. I miss them so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So and but if you if you just kind of like oh I just want to pick up the game and whatever like you can definitely do as you do like in terms of like just watching games and um but two things that uh are very important is either you have a partner to play constantly with like uh, very like regularly or you you have a, a place or you have a wall that you can hit against. <clears throat> for a long part of like my um when i was playing like when i was like 15 or whatever um i didn't have that many tennis like hitting partners and whatever i had all of my classes and whatnot but like when it came time just kind of like i just wanted to practice i couldn't just hit by myself so i i would just hit against the wall and it's one of the most um fantastic things honestly that he does to your game because you, you keep your timing and you keep the feel of the ball and you can practice your footwork and stuff 
Uh, it's not going to be incredibly like an accurate, like an accuracy uh, practice, but mm -hmm. at least you're going to get like used to hitting it. And yeah. it's probably one of the most important things. Um, there is, there is a th something that I, I found online, which was, uh, on, I, I found it on Twitter. I think I saw um, Andy Murray playing uh, on a video or stuff and he was hitting against a wall mm -hmm. and it's literally a wall that you can buy, like you can buy a tennis wall. Really? Yeah, so there's they have two models, the pro one and the portable one. Oh, the pro one. Yeah, the pro one is like thirteen thousand dollars. So oh my like, goodness, forget okay. about it. Like you, you can only buy if it's like for an association. There's no way you can buy it just for yourself. Like I don't know, man. Like I'd, I'd rather buy like whatever a car or something like that. <laughs> maybe maybe a trip to Hawaii, <laughs> everything. Like that. That's a lot of money. But the other one's like two thousand, so I feel like I can make that concession for myself. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, especially because like in in Quebec, I don't know how how it is there in in, in Brampton, but um, um, in, I never found a, a wall to play against here. It's like it's it's impossible. Not that many like, there have... either. It's 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 definitely not a common thing. I don't actually remember seeing one. Actually, no, I do remember seeing one at uh, a tennis court. It wasn't a wall as much as a big piece of wood, kind of tacked onto a fence so the bounce mm. of the ball was super weird and it was hard to get a predictable bounce it wasn't like a brick yeah. you know solid brick wall where you can get a predictable mm. bounce so it, it wasn't even like kind of fit for practice i would say mm. but then going yeah, to like, your point about the tennis partner do you think it's important yeah. to have one tennis partner or just saying that you need to have somebody to play with you know a lot at all times do you think that consistency of having that same person with you is is part of it or just you're just saying you know have somebody you can play with um i think having somebody to play with that is your level or a little higher is 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 key mm -hmm. to and i don't think you necessarily need to have like just one but i i feel like you shouldn't be having like 20 you know like if you can get like a solid like three to four i guess it's pretty it's pretty decent mm -hmm. because at least like in that and when you get that consistency you also help, you're also able to help each other out because you're gonna notice things in each other's game and but also having some variety also helps you to kind of like not just get used to just one person right but that that's kind of like in the grand scheme of things there's this very competitive style like if you want to actually get better and play in various circumstances yes but if you just kind of have like um if you because like i would say like for example it's not very easy to to match like schedules with people oh yeah so having more people definitely helps to like get get yourself to actually be playing more because it's going to be easier to match your schedules with five people than just one. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I guess it all depends on like, what are your goals with it? So I guess for me, I would, I would love to, I guess primarily for me, I would try to uh, join a club mm -hmm. and make contacts there and just kind of like play in the club with like whoever um, is available to play with me and try to get like a, get in touch with some people that I know are, are good and, uh, uh, like you know, are serious about it and stuff like that. So that would be fun. And getting a, getting a coach, but that's kind of like because I just really, really want to get better. But if if you want to just pick up tennis and just kind of like play, really nothing nothing um, prevents you from just like purchasing a racket from Walmart and just kind of like grabbing a couple friends and playing. It just depends on like how how much you want to learn the technique and how what what kind of fun is it in playing for you cuz like i know for me and you like you like to get better right mm -hmm. 
and I like to get better too. It's like for me, it's no fun if I'm just kind of like tossing balls to the other side of the net, like with no, like just kind of like trying trick shots and like just having some laughs about like just whatever. I I actually like to like have a decent rally in which I can actually concentrate and hit some good shots. Yeah, when I leave the day, even if I have like a really terrible time and like I'm not hitting the ball well, I know that I at least tried. But if if I just kind of like know that it's kind of like oh yeah this is this is not challenging at all this is not really making me improve, uh, it's it's immediately I, just, I I it feels like in a sense like a waste of time. But it's not with everybody. Like it depends on like how I go to the court. But like most of the time when I when I decide to play and it just kind of like oh I just kind of like came here to just feed balls into like someone else's forehand mm-hmm. and they're just not serious at all. Yeah. It really feels frustrating. Yeah. So. And that's what, like one of the reasons why, like even though uh, when we came to play together um, for the first few times, you were not quite as good as you are now. You can be, you can be less polite. You can be less diplomatic. That was the pretty price bad. Sucked, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah, I had my, I had my fun with that, but it, it, it was good because you always wanted to actually hit some decent forehands and backhands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. So that really was a motivation for me. So, yeah, that's a thing. And because, like, you live, like, 15 minutes from a house, it's kind of like we just walk <laughs> to the court. So that was also really motivating. <laughs> yep. And uh, how do you feel about doubles? Where does double fit doubles? in, in uh, the Ooh. whole, you know, learning or picking up tennis? I think that's a good way you put it. In picking yeah, up tennis. I guess I actually wanted to uh, ask you about that, too. Like, what do you feel about doubles? But, like, I guess we can just converse about it right now. So... I, I like doubles. I feel like doubles are doubles are less demanding in the sense that like you have a partner with it. So like you're not gonna hit most of the shots and you can get like somebody who actually helps you like on in real time. Mm-hmm. And um it really helps you with your volleys, man. And to be honest, doubles is also less physically demanding, so you can play for longer and oh, like yeah. you get less tired. So doubles is a really, really friendly game to play recreationally. So it's if it, it's it's a great, great start and a great uh, pastime hobby to to play just doubles. It's it's so much fun. And you get so much better at your volleys. Honestly, your volleys is this thing that I have that is the weakest in my game. It's, it has always been. Mm-hmm. And doubles would do me so such a great... Um, um, yeah. You know, uh, double does a great service to your volley when you, you yeah, play it a exactly. lot. Um, I do enjoy doubles as well. I, so actually I wasn't fond of doubles when I started. I think, you know, (laughs) if you remember, I said, I don't like team sports and doubles is just making my favorite sport into a team sport. (laughs) So (laughs) I wasn't the biggest, I wasn't the biggest fan at first. Um, you know, cause when I first saw it, well, I sucked and you know, I I only started playing doubles maybe I want to say two years ago, at which point I was already pretty decent at tennis, but then adapting to not being the only person on the court and having to listen to instructions mm-hmm. and, you know, necessarily not that, that it was being coached as we were playing, but having to communicate with your partner is something I struggled with a little bit because I tend mm-hmm. to be just in my own head and wanting to do, to do my own thing. Yeah. But uh, once you get better at that, doubles is a really fun sport. I I yeah. really like playing doubles. I think, yes, for, for the net game, but just for the for how different it is than singles. Uh, for the fact that you do have to communicate with your with your partner, and I I kind of enjoy that now, and uh, it's a whole different strategy too when you build a point a lot differently in singles than in doubles. 
And uh, another kind of bonus reason why I like doubles is because I get to play with old people. At the tennis club in Brampton, there's a lot of people, you know, that are retired and fairly old. And it's, it's, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> I love playing with old people. They're, you know, some of them are super competitive. You have the, the ones that are like, like, honestly, you would think that some of them have like money at stake in the games. Oh, wow. But uh, no, it makes a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, good think, diversity when in doubles. Yeah, I think old people are kind of... Um... They're really a challenge, I guess, for like when you're younger and you just feel like you're gonna beat them by just kind of like running around the court. Mm-hmm. Because I find like they have such a mental strength that is not present in in young people. Yeah, they're so calm and they just know their strengths and weaknesses. It just kind of like, even though you know that you can run much faster, you can hit much harder, they still beat you. <laughs> it's kind of like how how is this possible? I've gotten oh, yeah. beaten by a few uh, retirees, but in my in my days, I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they they just do teach you a lesson of just kind of like being calm on court, which is very important for tennis. Mm-hmm. And uh, back a little bit to the doubles conversation, I think one of the things that, uh, in terms of the pro game, I think it's pretty underrated, even by the the own tennis aso- uh, the associations. I don't right. necessarily think they give that much um, more space for doubles. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a fast game. I feel like it's so much easier to consume like than uh, singles. It's so much faster. It ends quicker. The scoring system is a, slightly different to make to make it go faster. So I really feel like it, this would solve the problem essentially of like people like sitting for five hours and like, there are doubles that are, there are doubles games that are five hours long. But there is so rare. It's so rare that a doubles game will go that long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like if you in, in an hour you can finish like a doubles game that was pretty competitive. So yeah. Really? Yeah. And why do you think it's do you think the reason it's not as popular is just because of the networks and how the tour is set up? Or do you think there's something about it that makes it a little bit less popular? I have no idea, man. Like I, I really um asked myself this question before and I've never really got the reason why exactly it's not as popular i think it's just because of what the media makes out of it like mm-hmm. because probably like when you play tennis for five hours you have like more um time on screen so it probably comes up to like a money type of thing i see yeah so i don't know so yeah and maybe people like prefer singles as well i don't know like i've never really done like a, a research about it so yeah but yeah, um, I guess this this will be our time. It's been forty five minutes that we've been talking, according to my uh, yeah, my podcast runs for like thirty to forty five minutes. I don't, I don't know if I want to make like that many too long things, unless you have like three more questions that you really are itching to ask. No, you mm. answered all my questions. Oh, cool! That's that's <laughs> great. So that's a great timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, thanks so much, bro. Uh, make sure that you share this with all your friends and uh, family. And, uh, Thank and... you for having me. Oh, no problem. I would have you uh, again if you want to. Yes, please. And, uh, That's quite yeah, fun. If you, if you end up actually joining, like uh, getting some lessons and stuff, like maybe we can do, do another conversation and you can just tell me how, how that went and I can just kind of compare that to yeah. when I was like 12 and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. Yep. Yeah. So... 
Yeah, thanks so much, bro. Um, and thanks for whoever listens to this um, to to completion. So yeah, thanks so much for listening. So go and follow my Instagram at tennis and bagels and also like my Facebook page. You're really close to 100 followers and 100 likes on Facebook. I'm at 94 uh, likes on Facebook. So help me out. Uh, there'll be a great milestone for me. So yeah, thanks nice. so much for listening. And thanks so much, Fred, for being here with me. And yeah, have a good one, man. Thank you. You too. Yep. Um, enjoy time with your family and stay safe, man. Thanks. You too. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye, man. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.